Hi everyone, I'm Ben Norton, and this is Geopolitical Economy Report. One of the main topics that I report on regularly here is the new Cold War that the United States is waging on China and also Russia. And I frequently focus on the aggressive actions taken by Washington, including its economic warfare through the use of unilateral sanctions, which violate international law, through its information warfare in the media and propaganda and other very aggressive policies taken. Today, I'm going to look at the response by China, because for the most part, China has been very cautious, very diplomatic, and usually hasn't really responded to a lot of the U.S. aggression against it. And we do see that increasingly Chinese politicians, up to and including President Xi Jinping, are becoming more outspoken against this U.S. aggression, and they're criticizing the United States and pushing back and defending themselves. And we see this clearly in a speech that President Xi Jinping gave in which he condemned the U.S.-led Western attempt to contain, encircle, and repress China. He used those terms specifically, containment and encirclement. And after President Xi made these comments, they were echoed as well by China's foreign minister, Xin Gang, who said like, likewise that the United States is trying to contain and encircle China and that the U.S. talks about so-called competition, but he said that actually this is not fair competition, but malicious confrontation. So we see that Chinese officials are being more assertive in defending themselves while the U.S. constantly accuses them of ridiculous things and spreads all this propaganda. So let's look at the speech that President Xi gave, because I do think that th these are historic remarks, considering, again, I want to stress that typically Chinese politicians and diplomats are very cautious in the language they use. This is the speech that was published at Xinhua, which is Chinese state media, on March 7th. In this speech, President Xi warned that China is facing high winds and choppy waters in the international environment. Typically, if you listen to the rhetoric of Chinese politicians, they often do speak in kind of metaphors like this, very poetic language. He's acknowledging the growing geopolitical tensions in the new Cold War. And then he comes out and says very clearly what he means. He names the United States and the West. He says, the external environment for China's development has changed drastically with uncertainties and unexpected factors increasing remarkably. In particular, Western countries headed by the United States have contained and circled and suppressed China in an all-around way, bringing unprecedentedly severe challenges to China's development. So a few things to acknowledge here. He says that we've seen a remarkable increase in the Western aggression against China. He uses the term remarkable. He says that we're facing unprecedented severe challenges to China's development. And then again, he makes it as clear as possible that the West led by the United States is trying to contain, encircle, and suppress China. This is him acknowledging that the United States is waging a new Cold War. And again, I want to stress once more that typically when Chinese politicians speak about this, they are much more cautious. And 
This is a friend of the show who is a very good analyst. His name is Arnaud Bertrand. He's a French uh, businessman who lives in China and he knows China very well. He's not one of these fake Western experts. He has lived for years in China. I would recommend following him on Twitter. And what he wrote, he said, this is unprecedented. And he said, this is she telling the Chinese people that China is under attack by the West as a whole, led by the US. He said, this is factually undeniable, of course, but she saying it out loud marks a real turning point. It probably means that the Chinese president has lost hope that a new Cold War can be avoided. And I agree with his analysis. Like I said, Chinese politicians are usually very cautious. They'll, they'll, instead of saying the United States openly, they'll say other countries, certain countries. By saying it openly, it does seem to suggest that the Chinese leadership has made the assessment that the United States does not want to improve diplomatic relations with China. The U.S. is insistent on a new Cold War, and this is the Chinese leadership acknowledging that. He also quotes a very interesting uh, writer named John Peng, who's a Malaysian former politician, and he writes a lot for the Chinese media, and he's also a very interesting analyst. And he said, unlike Western politicians, Chinese leaders err on the side of understatement and indirectness when discussing external threats nor are they fond of using it to justify policy. I cannot recall she ever having put this so directly. And I can't either. I really do think this is the most blatant statement we've seen from Xi in public acknowledging the US new Cold War. And Arnaud says that this is true. It takes a lot for a Chinese leader to be so blunt publicly. In fact, I don't think it's happened since Mao since Mao Zedong, for half a century, they must really be at the end of their patience. And again, I agree with this assessment. This is the situation that we're in, and it's a very dangerous moment. Let's go back to the speech here from President Xi. He also says that this is the response that China needs to take. So he says that China is facing profound and complex challenges in the international and domestic environment. And yet, while assessing that the U.S. is waging this new Cold War. His response is, quote, we must remain calm, maintain firm resolve, pursue progress while ensuring stability, demonstrate enterprise in our work, unite as one, and have the courage to carry on our fight. And then he reiterates again, we must remain calm and maintain firm resolve. And that means to keep a cool head in observing the pro profound changes in the international landscape and calmly respond to various risks and challenges. Note how he repeats himself three times. He says, we need to be calm, calm, calm. So he's acknowledging the threat from the United States, but he's saying, look, we shouldn't overstate this. We shouldn't freak out. We need to keep calm, maintain what we're doing and continue pursuing progress and moving forward. So he's not afraid. I want to be clear about this. He's acknowledging the threat from the U.S., but he's not afraid of it. Mao once said that the U.S. imperialism was a paper tiger. She isn't using that language exactly, but it's basically what he's saying. He's saying that, yes, the U.S. and the West are trying to encircle us and prevent our development. However, they are failing. And here he notes that despite 
what is going on. China will not be cowed by pressure or hardships. China remains unswayed. And he says, China's GDP registered an annual growth rate of 5.2% over the past five years. And the most recent, uh, most recent estimates from Western financial institutions and the IMF is that China's economy will grow, grow by between five and 6% this year. So China continues to grow at a very respectable level that is significantly higher than the Western economies. And she points out, we won the critical battle against poverty as scheduled and finished building a moderately prosperous society in all respects, thus attaining the first centenary goal, achieving impressive advances in the cause of the party and the country, taking China on a new journey toward building a modern socialist country in all respects. So here he says, I've assessed the threat. However, we are progressing. The West is not going to halt us. U.S. imperialism is not going to be victorious. Later on in the same speech, he concluded it by saying that, re reiterating that China's goal is common prosperity for all Chinese people. He says both state-owned enterprises and their private counterparts are important forces for promoting common prosperity. Both should take their, their social responsibilities in this regard, stressing that that private entrepreneurs and private companies have a responsibility to support common prosperity to help fight against inequality and raise the living standards of all Chinese people. So while also assessing the threat of the new Cold War, he is reiterating his commitment to fighting poverty. Fight, or, well, poverty, absolute poverty has already been de defeated, but fighting inequality. That is the, the new one of the main goals of the Communist Party of China is fighting inequality, creating common prosperity for all people, increasing the living standards of working people. So China is moving forward with its with its goals. And we see the same kind of language reflected in statements by other Chinese politicians and diplomats. The spokesper spokeswoman for the Chinese foreign ministry, uh, Hua Chunying, she tweeted a series of, she tweeted a thread in which she said that the U.S. claim to shape the strategic environment in which China operates actually reveals the real purpose of its Indo-Pacific strategy, that is to encircle China. So once again, we see that Beijing is saying that the U.S. goal is to contain and encircle us. And she says, this attempt will only disrupt the ASEAN, that is the uh, Association of Southeast Asian Nations, they will, it disrupts the ASEAN-centered open and inclusive regional cooperation architecture and undermines the overall and long-term interests of regional countries. It is bound to fail. So this is the spokesperson for the Chinese Foreign Ministry acknowledging that the U.S. is trying to contain and encircle China, but China, but they are going to fail. And this quote that she's that she referenced came from U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken. This is in a speech that he gave in May of 2022. And when he gave this speech at the time, I reported on it and I said that this is essentially the U.S. announcing a new containment policy. This is the this is the specific quote from Antony Blinken, the top U.S. diplomat. We cannot rely on Beijing to change its trajectory. So. We will shape the strategic environment around Beijing to advance our vision.
for an open, inclusive international system. So that was the language of the U.S. State Department back in May. And clearly, China was trying to improve relations diplomatically and prevent a new Cold War. And yet now they seem to have come to the conclusion that the U.S. is not interested in diplomacy and peace. The U.S. wants a new Cold War. And that's why they're saying to the U.S., you are going to fail in this. In a similar part of this thread, Hua, Hua who is the Chinese foreign ministry spokeswoman, she said, Asia should be a stage for win-win cooperation rather than a chessboard for geopolitical contest. No Cold War should be reignited and no Ukraine-style crisis should be repeated in Asia. She was obviously referring to Taiwan, the U.S. support for separatist forces, and the U.S. military threatening to, to wage war on China in order to su support separatists in Taiwan. I have done a separate video and podcast about that. I will link to it in the description below. So here she's reiterating that the Chinese foreign ministry does not want geopolitical competition. They do not want a new Cold War. They want win-win cooperation, doing what's best for both China and the United States, acting on both of their in both of their interests. And yet, of course, we know that the Chinese leadership has come to the reluctant conclusion that the U.S. is not interested in that. And I want to stress again that it's not the U it's not China that is pushing for this new Cold War for again and again and again and again and again. For years now, China has said, we don't want a new Cold War. Abandon the new Cold War, abandon the, the Cold War mentality. And it's the U.S. that has been pushing for it. And finally, before I conclude today, I'm going to look at comments made by China's new foreign minister, Xin Gang. Xin Gang is the former Chinese ambassador to the United States, and he replaced Wang Yi as the new foreign minister at the beginning of 2023. And China selecting him as foreign minister, I think, reflects once again that they see that their main foreign policy priority now is to try to, to prevent this Cold War with the U.S. and maintain and prevent, prevent a war. The fact that they chose their U.S. ambassador, their former U.S. ambassador to be foreign minister, I think, reflects that. And this is a press conference that he gave on March 7th. And it's very revealing, the comments he made that once again show that, one, China acknowledges that the U.S. is waging a new Cold War against it. And two, it doesn't want that new Cold War. But three, China is defending itself and it's not going to be a victim of U.S. imperialism. Now, Foreign Minister Qin said a lot of very interesting things in this press conference, but I'm not going to go through everything because it's long. I do want to point out the section in which he was asked about the China-U.S. relationship. And he said a lot of very interesting, important comments here. So he, he, begin, he began talking about the so-called uh, unmanned airship incident, by which he means the balloon scandal, in which a Chinese balloon entered U.S. airspace in February and the U.S. military blew it up with missiles. Now, I did a separate report, which I'll link to in the description below, in which I looked at the evidence from U.S. government officials acknowledging that that Chinese balloon likely entered U.S. airspace by accident. It was not intentional and acknowledging that it was likely a weather balloon and that after that, the U.S. military blew up three more balloons one of which was a $12 hobbyist balloon that belonged to a bunch of kids in Illinois. Th that's another topic. I'll link to it in the description below. In response to it, the Chinese foreign minister, Qin, he said that 
it was an entire it was entirely an accident that China did not want the balloon to enter U.S. airspace. And he said, even the United States did not believe it posed a physical threat. However, in violation of the spirit of international law, the United States acted with a presumption of guilt. He says that the U.S. overreacted, abused force and dramatized the accident, creating a diplomatic crisis that could have been avoided. So he's saying that, look, China did not want to make this a big deal. The U.S. made it a big deal. It was an accident. The U.S. turned it into a big dra dramatized scandal and did severe, severe damage to the Chinese-U.S. relationship. And he said, an accident can reveal something fundamental. In this case, the U.S. perception and views of China are seriously distorted. It regards China as the primary rival and biggest geopolitical challenge. This is like the first button in a shirt being put wrong. Like I said, Chinese diplomats will often speak in metaphors or similes in this case. And I like this actually, because what he's saying is if you put the first button wrong on a shirt, as people know, it's very annoying because then if you try to put the later buttons on, you have to go back and redo everything, right? So he's saying that by, by damaging its relations with, the US, with, the, with China, the U.S. is damaging its relations with everyone and it's going to have to redo its entire diplomatic uh, diplomat. It's going to have to redo all of its diplomatic relations and its political and economic relations, just as if you put the first button on your shirt wrong, you're going to have to re-put re on your entire shirt. Now, this is the money quote of this press conference, where really the Chinese foreign minister, Qin, is saying very clearly that China is not going to be bullied anymore. He says, the United States claims that it seeks to outcompete China, but does not seek conflict. Yet in reality, the U.S.'s so-called competition means to contain and suppress China in all respects and get the countries locked in a zero-sum game. So U.S. politicians constantly say, we don't want a new Cold War. We want competition. Here he's saying that, look, the U.S. says it doesn't want a new Cold War, but actually its so-called competition is containment and encirclement aimed at weakening China, aimed at containing and suppressing China. And he says that once again, the U.S. policy is one of a zero-sum game, whereas China proposes mutually beneficial win-win cooperation. He says, the United States talks a lot about following rules, but imagine two athletes commit competing in an Olympic race. If one athlete, instead of focusing on giving one's best, always tries to trip or even injure the other, that is not fair competition, but malicious confrontation and a foul. So again, like I said, Chinese diplomats frequently use metaphors and similes. And here we see that the U.S. is claiming to be in a competition in like a sports race with China, but actually it's cheating in that competition. It's trying to trip and injure China, attacking China. This is not fair competition. It's malicious confrontation. He says that Washington's so-called establishing guardrails for China-U.S. relations and supposedly not seeking conflict actually means that China should not respond in words or action when being slandered or attacked. That is impossible. And here we see an example. China for so long has held its tongue, 
has been very diplomatic and cautious in its language. And now China is responding when the U.S. slanders and attacks it. The foreign minister said, if the United States does not hit the brake, but continues to speed down the wrong path, no amount of guardrails can prevent derailing, and there will surely be conflict and confrontation. So he's saying that we don't want this new Cold War. The U.S. is continuing to speed down the wrong path. No guardrails can stop it. The U.S. is halting, is, is hurling toward a new Cold War. And then he says, who will bear the catastrophic consequences? Such competition is a reckless gamble with the stakes being the fundamental interests of the two peoples and even the future of humanity. So the U.S. is not only hurting its relations with China, but the future of humanity. And then he reiterates once again, China is firmly opposed to all of this. If the United States has the ambition to make itself great again, he's of course acknowledging Donald Trump, MAGA, it should also have a broad mind for the development of other countries. So not only developing the U.S., but also other countries. Containment and suppression will not make America great, and it will not stop the rejuvenation of China. And then he concludes here saying that we want better relations with the U.S. We don't want a new Cold War. In making these comments, the Chinese government is always very careful to distinguish the people of the United States from the government. And here he says that I have noted that more and more people with vision and insight in the United States are deeply worried about the current state of China-U.S. relations and have been calling for a rational and pragmatic policy toward China. The American people, just like the Chinese people, are friendly, kind, and sincere and want a better life and a better world. So he's acknowledging that the U.S. government and the U.S. people are not the same. The U.S. people, many of them, don't want this new Cold War like the U.S. government does. And this is why I stress that earlier, Qin Gang, the foreign minister, he was previously ambassador to the U.S. And he talks about his experience working in the U.S., meeting people, making friends. And he says, every time I think about them, I'm convinced that the China-U.S. relationship should be determined by the common interests and shared responsibilities of the two countries and by the friendship between the Chinese and American peoples rather than by U.S. domestic politics or the hysterical neo-McCarthyism. So he's saying, the Chinese foreign minister is saying that the, in the U.S. there is a case of hysterical neo-McCarthyism happening, which once again is a reference to the new Cold War. China opposes this, and they want friendship between the Chinese and the U.S. peoples in order to pursue mutual respect, peaceful coexistence, and win-win cooperation. That, that's China's goal. Mutual respect, peaceful coexistence, and win-win cooperation. They do not want a new Cold War. And then he concluded saying, Qin said, We hope the U.S. government will listen to the calls of the two peoples, rid of its strategic anxiety of threat inflation, and abandon the zero-sum Cold War mentality. That is the message from the foreign minister of China, Qin Gang. So if you listen to what Chinese officials are saying, they don't want this new Cold War. It's the US-led West that is pushing for it. 
and they warn that the U.S. is trying to have a new Ukraine-style war over Taiwan next. And China is the one calling for this to not happen, calling for peace and diplomacy. When you see Western corporate media propaganda portraying China as the threat, just listen once again to what Chinese officials are saying. They're the ones making clear they don't want this new Cold War, while the U.S. is the one calling for containment. People like Antony Blinken. We cannot rely on Beijing to change its trajectory. So we will shape the strategic environment around Beijing to advance our vision for an open, inclusive international system. Or the U.S. ambassador to China, Nicholas Burns, who referred to China as a threat and a great challenge and very difficult government. And he, he arrogantly lectured China and said, the United States is staying in this region, that is Asia. We're the leader in this region. So this is the very arrogant, aggressive rhetoric taken by U.S. officials. I discussed that in a separate video and podcast, which I'll link to in the description below. As always, all the sources that I discussed today can be found in an article over at geopoliticaleconomy.com, which is in the description below with the other links. You can find everything there and fact check it for yourself. I'm Ben Norton. This is Geopolitical Economy Report. If you'd like the work that we do here and want to support us, please consider going to geopoliticaleconomy.com support. And please consider becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash geopoliticaleconomy. We're completely independent and we rely entirely on viewers and listeners for support. I want to thank everyone and I'll see you all next time.